40% of college football has been postponed, with certainly more to come. Biden officially announced his VP running mate, and Putin's Sputnik 5 is making headlines. Is it a vaccine? What a whirlwind week during this COVID-19 summer. President Putin said his daughter took it. Sputnik 5, an experimental vaccine just approved in Russia. Millions of frontline workers and teachers set to get it soon. But will it work? Meanwhile, the prospect of watching college football this fall is looking bleak. Seasons postponed left and right. Health risks and wisdom aside, this has deep financial implications. And with only three months before voting... Presidential candidate Joe Biden announced Senator Kamala Harris as his VP running mate. The news came with both praise and condemnation. No surprise there. It's just hard to keep up. The world is constantly in flux. It can make us anxious. Yet our Heavenly Father seeks to comfort us in times of trouble through His Son, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Thursday, we're in a series called Soul Care. Our souls need to be reminded of the good news. That's another way of saying the great story. Yes, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves and do it every day. That is part of caring for your soul. But we're also too forgetful of what Jesus has done for his people. But sometimes it's just circumstances that can eclipse the gospel. Paul talked about how after all of his beatings and stonings and imprisonments, there were times he despaired of life. Suffering isn't fun. But he reminded those who were suffering that the God of all comfort draws near to us in our times of need. And in return, we too can draw near to those who are suffering to bring them comfort as well. Coming up, we're going to look at this passage at the beginning of 2 Corinthians, and we'll also catch up again with Pastor Zach Esswine in St. Louis. He's been providing comfort to us all week with pastoral words. The more we see the lovely person of Jesus and the rugged reality of his life, the more we're reminded of compassion for suffering people. Pastor who teaches preaching at a seminary in St. Louis. Dr. Zach Kesswein will be joining us a little later in the program to share how we can turn to Jesus as our model of compassion to help us better love those struggling with anxiety and depression. He's written a book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. You'll hear more about it later, but... Let me say, I know this book will help you if you're struggling right now. And if you're not, it'll help you better understand somebody you know who's fighting depression. After the program, I want to send you a copy of Spurgeon's Sorrows for your gift to Haven Today. Here's the number to call, 800-654-2836. Thirty-six, Or go online, download the first chapter of the book, and, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. 
And don't forget, we still have the feature-length film called I Still Believe, the story of Jeremy and Melissa Kemp and their struggle with cancer for your gift as well. I'll tell you more about the DVD a little later, but first let's open with one of Jeremy Kemp's songs, a song he wrote on his first honeymoon. Will I believe you when you say Your hand will guide my every way Will I receive the words you say Every moment of every day Today and we're doing a series this week called Soul Care. We need it. We need it this summer. We need soul care from heaven every day. We need soul care from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jeremy Camp opening the program with Walk by Faith. When Job's friends came from far away to comfort him, remember what they did? They sat with him for seven days. And all they did was weep. 
They were broken over what had happened to their friend. And that was the only wise thing they did. After seven days, they decided it was time for Job to hear some hard truth about his own sin and how he was responsible for everything that he'd been suffering. Why can we be so harsh with people who are suffering? Well, that's the question I think we need to ask ourselves sometimes here in this series, Soul Care. No, not trying to tap into the universe's power or meditate our way into a happier life. We're seeing how the Bible calls us to be honest with ourselves and the Lord and to find help and comfort in the grace of our Lord. Because here's the reality of life. We all suffer, all of us. Now, that's the common narrative of the human life, suffering. As one old writer put it, life is cold, brutish, and short. Now, that doesn't mean that every waking moment is torture. Of course not. But life can be overwhelming at times. We all suffer. But when we forget that, we become like Job's friends, bad friends, as he called them. When we forget that we also suffer, we can become harsh with sufferers. We've been hearing from Pastor Zach Heswine, the author of Spurgeon's Sorrows, this week. I asked him why we can be so harsh with those who are suffering. I think we're harsh with sufferers first when we, when we just forget our Lord Jesus. We, we just forget that he's a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And somehow we have in our imagination that uh, Jesus doesn't have tears and that Jesus isn't tired sitting by the well, that he isn't so tired he would sleep through a storm. We, we don't um, imagine that. We forget. And so the more we see the person, the lovely person of Jesus and the rugged reality of his life, uh, the more we're reminded of compassion for uh, suffering people. But it's also difficult because maybe we ourselves haven't suffered. Mm. And oftentimes when we haven't suffered, we, we just haven't put ourselves in someone else's shoes. And we, we don't realize that it, it, it can take more faith for that person to do less than we did today. It can take more faith for them to do less mm-hmm. than we did today because of it takes two hours to be able to get their clothes on uh, or uh, it's because of the wheelchair that they're bound to or the, the hardship of like a Ruth and a Naomi in the Old Testament, that story there of heart-wrenching story of losing both her sons and the, the daughters-in-law losing their husbands. And even though the Lord came to visit in Bethlehem there with a, uh, with a provision for the famine and provision of Boaz and the provision of that wonderful promise that would come to fruition in Jesus, even though uh, the Lord was providing there, it was still the time of the judges and the tombstones, if there were tombstones, uh, of uh, Naomi's sons and husband were we're still there. Mm. And uh, when we haven't suffered, we, we forget that. And what we, we actually need to be quieter when we haven't suffered and to let those who have take the lead 
in those moments so that, as we have mentioned before, we can weep with those who weep. Uh, sometimes uh, we struggle because we think that we can fix the suffering. And so instead of weeping with those who weep, we, uh, we try to rejoice with those who weep. We just say, put on a happy face. Hmm. Or uh, we uh, try to uh, admonish those who weep or correct those who weep or teach those who weep rather than doing what the scripture actually says, which is learn to weep with those who weep. And so for some of us, it's just a matter of discipleship that we haven't, we haven't yet encountered or surrendered to. And because of that, we'll look back on ourselves uh, with some regret, asking the Lord to forgive us for how we treated so-and-so, and then find a fresh mercy from the Lord, uh, saying to us, now, now we understand more. And so we take heart and hope that we can learn. But it's often through the suffering itself, this is what Paul said, isn't it? The God of comfort, as Paul spoke of him, We comfort others out of the comfort we ourselves have received. And if we haven't had to receive or rely on that kind of comfort yet, sometimes we just don't know what we're doing. (laughs) We're amateur comforters. Hmm. And uh, we need need, uh, the grace of the Lord to learn. We comfort others with the comfort we receive. Word from Scripture so powerful for us today. Pastor Zach Eswine and I'm Charles Morris, and this is Haven Today in a program called Soul Care. There's so much to unpack from that one sentence out of Second Corinthians. Listen to it one more time. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Now that's 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Knowing that it was the Apostle Paul who wrote these words kind of leads us home to the topic, doesn't it? He was beaten and stoned and left for dead, imprisoned, a whole lot more, all for the sake of of the gospel. Paul knew what it was like to suffer. And because he knew what it was like, he knew what sufferers need to hear. And he wasn't harsh with sufferers. Why are we sometimes? When we see someone in pain, why is our first impulse to give them a lecture? Why do we want to always have to say you're going to see better days ahead? Why do we insist that they rejoice instead of weep with those who weep? Well, let me suggest that it's because we forget three things. We're harsh with sufferers because, first, we forget that God is the God of comfort. He cares for the brokenhearted. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not quench. He's gentle with us. We forget that when we try to comfort others. We forget that when we try to comfort others, don't we? We forget that he's in the business of binding up broken hearts so we can get harsh with those who suffer, thinking if they only knew the truth, they wouldn't suffer so much. But we need to remember 
the Lord is the God of comfort. And Jesus Christ knew truth better than anyone, and he suffered the most. And that brings me to a second fact we forget when we are harsh sometimes. We forget that we ourselves suffer. Did you hear what Paul said a moment ago? He said, God is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Jesus said in the world we'd have trouble, but take heart, we can be comforted because he's overcome the world. When we're harsh with those who suffer, it's because we forget that we suffer too, and we've been hurt, and we all know loss and pain. We know what it's like to suffer, and we know what it's like to be comforted. But too often we forget, and it changes how we treat others. We treat others as if we can't relate to them. We expect them to just get over their pain and move on. It changes how we react to our own suffering too, wouldn't you think? We expect to stop hurting. We feel ashamed if we're still sad for weeks or months or years on end. We forget that we suffer too, that we need comfort daily. The comfort of knowing that the Lord entered our world the comfort of knowing he suffered just like we do. He was betrayed. He was hated. He was falsely accused. He was depressed. In the garden the night before his crucifixion, he was anxious. He knows what it's like. But there's also a third fact we forget. We forget that we are called to comfort others. Too often, especially in these last months, I've heard Christians elevating their own needs and preferences over those of others. Who cares if others suffer as long as I get what I need? I'm in pain too. But if others have to suffer for my sake, that's just the way it has to be. It is what it is, somebody said. The Apostle Paul thought the exact opposite. Don't forget that your comfort is meant to be used to comfort others. We are called to love and comfort others just as we have been loved and comforted by the Lord. Gently, compassionately, patiently, he walks with us step by step through the pain, comforting us with his love along the way, and he even commissions us to do the same, to remember that he's the Lord of comfort, that we suffer, and that our comfort is meant for others. Weep with those who weep. Turn again to the Lord who wept on our behalf and trust, trust that his love can sustain your very soul through the tears. And that is soul care. We pray for blessings. We pray for peace. Comfort for family. Protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while, you hear each spoken need. Yet love is way too much to give us lesser things. Cause what if your blessings come through rain? 
raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? Pray for wisdom, your voice to hear, and we cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness, we doubt your love, as if every promise from your word is not. program before and there she is with us today singing her song blessings on haven today in a program called soul care so insightful might i even say inspiring to have a pastor zach Heswine joining us every day this week our team here at the ministry we're just talking about zach's pastoral heart and you hear it it comes through every time he starts talking to you Well, you'll discover more of his compassionate heart to help those struggling with depression. 
when you read his book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. This book will help you see that if you or someone you know suffers from depression, you're not alone. Even the great Charles Spurgeon had his deep battles with melancholy, as he put it. And instead of offering a how-to-get-over-depression formula, this book addresses the spiritual and physical nature of depression with compassion and insight, looking at it through the lens of the life of Spurgeon, and most importantly, through the Bible. This book will help everyone understand those struggling with depression by pointing everyone to the great hope that we have in Jesus. Why don't you call us right now, and here's the number, 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Make your gift and ask for your copy of Spurgeon's Sorrows. And if you know someone who's struggling with depression, I encourage you to get a second copy to send along to them. You can also go online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And when you're there, download the first chapter of Spurgeon's Sorrows that we have on our website. It's free. And then you can make your gift and we'll get the book out to you. And remember, if you wanted to order it, but you haven't yet, we still have the DVD, I Still Believe, that story of Jeremy Kemp and his first wife and their struggle with cancer. It's a movie filled with hope that's so needed in this summer of COVID. Ask about it when you call or watch the movie trailer online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What does God's goodness taste like? Yes, I know, it's a strange question, as though God's goodness was edible. And yet, Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Can you taste and see God's goodness? Well, just think about it. Every provision for every moment of your life is a gift from Him. And that includes the food you taste at every meal. And everything your eyes see. All the beauty around you cries out and invites you to worship the one who made it all. And that same one invites you today to take refuge in him. So don't let this day go by without spending time with Jesus. You can get your Anchor devotional in print monthly at getanchor.com.